You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. Winter Koth has had malaria lots of times. As a little kid, a teenager, as an adult. But there was one time that was particularly memorable. She was in primary school and had just moved from Nairobi to somewhere a lot more rural, a village outside of Kisumu. So that's in the western part of Kenya, uh, along the Lake Victoria uh, shores. It's a region with one of the highest rates of malaria in all of Kenya. And it didn't take long for her to get it. I remember being really, really sick. And for me, initially at that time, I had no idea that it was malaria. My grandmother, she would find a way of trying to just relieve the symptoms. So she would boil like some leaves and then I would drink it just to relieve the the headache, like some of the symptoms, like severe headache, chills, like if you have the chills and when you're vomiting and like you're just so sick and you lose your sense of taste. Winter was lucky. She survived, but lots of kids don't. Globally, a child under the age of five dies from malaria just about every two minutes. But even for the kids who do survive, kids like Winter, there can be long-term complications. Things like permanent damage to the immune system and kidneys, cognitive impairment. And in some parts of sub-Saharan Africa, many kids will be infected multiple times in the same year, which means they miss a lot of school and often fall behind. Winter says that as awful as that is for most kids in Kenya, malaria is just a normal part of growing up. Definitely there's no single child in Kenya who has never gotten malaria or infected by malaria. So it's one of the challenges that we have to go through growing up and it really impacted me in a negative way. Winter's in her 30s now and she's a malaria researcher. Everything she experienced as a kid made her want to figure out what she calls the wrath of malaria. And the big breakthrough finally came last month, when the World Health Organization officially endorsed the first malaria vaccine. Do you remember what you thought or felt when you heard that WHO had endorsed this first ever malaria vaccine? I was so excited. I was so excited. And I got so many messages family and friends, like people sending you messages. I'm like, oh, when I heard this, I thought of you first. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. That's amazing. I was so elated uh, because I think to finally at least have a licensed uh, malaria vaccine that has, has gone through really extensive research, I think it's a massive step um, in the right direction. And They've mentioned that it reduces about 30% um, in severe malaria cases. 30% efficacy. That doesn't seem very high. The Moderna COVID vaccine is above 90%. But today on the show, malaria researcher Winter Okoth explains how a vaccine with a 30% efficacy rate could still make a big difference. I'm Britt Hansen, and you're listening to Shortwave the daily science podcast from NPR. So in order to understand just how big a deal the new vaccine is, you have to understand how malaria works. Malaria is caused by a parasite. It can live in humans, and it's usually spread through mosquito bites. 
you have the parasite in the human host and you have it in the mosquito. So it's growing in the mosquito and it's growing in humans, in our bodies. So when a mosquito bites someone who's infected with malaria, the mosquito gets infected too. And then when it bites someone else, the mosquito passes the parasite on to that uninfected person. It's kind of a human-mosquito-human-mosquito cycle. The parasite can circulate from family member to family member, community member to community member, again and again and again. It's a very clever parasite in a way because it it finds ways of evading our immune system, our defense forces. So, yeah, the parasite has a very complex life cycle. This complex cycle, human-mosquito, human-mosquito, makes malaria super tricky to stop. But if you can break the cycle, even just a little bit, you can make a big difference. And that's what this new vaccine does. It kills the parasite, which means you won't get sick, and you won't pass it on to somebody else. The vaccine will specifically target children with a four-dose regimen. So the first dose given at five months old, and then you have one month in between the first dose and the second dose, uh, second dose given at six months old, and the third dose given at seven months old. And then you have the fourth dose that will be given to 18 months old children, like a booster, booster dose. It's a lot of doses, which is one of the big concerns about the vaccine. Will caregivers be able to bring their kids in for all four doses? Because if they don't, that 30% efficacy drops even more. The WHO wanted to find out. So two years ago, they started a pilot program in three African countries. They weren't testing the vaccine. They were testing the system. Could governments and families make sure that the shots got into the kids? So they're trying to ensure that it can be feasible to distribute it to as many, like it can be accessible to as many children as possible Um, and making sure that the community also understands this and why it's important. So that's where you have uh, the campaigns and uh, educating the community about the importance of vaccinating uh, your children while they're young and what that vaccination helps prevent them from getting or contracting those particular diseases. It turns out that families are motivated to bring their kids in for all four doses. And it's effective to use the public health and immunization programs that many countries already have. More than 800,000 kids have been vaccinated so far. So distribution can work. But there's still the question of whether 30 percent efficacy is good enough. For Winter, it is. She's seen malaria firsthand, and as someone who's devoted her career to understanding the disease, she says it's going to work. I mean, it's not like it's a perfect vaccine or the the silver bullet that will eradicate malaria for good, but it is better than nothing, and it's it's a good step to start from from this and combine it with any other prevention tools we already have in place. She says they have to keep using prevention tools that have been working for years, like insecticide-treated bed nets to keep mosquitoes away and anti-malarial drugs. Add in the vaccine, and you have a good promise for fighting malaria. One study showed that combining the vaccine with preventative anti-malarial drugs could reduce a kid's risk of severe malaria by 70%. Others have shown that insecticide-treated bed nets make a big difference, too. 
put it all together, Winter says, and that 30% efficacy for the vaccine looks pretty good. Because remember, it's only the children that will be getting this vaccine, not the adults. And adults can also contract malaria, you know? Um, So if you're living in a household and you have, let's say, two adults, and then you have maybe four or five children, and the children have received the vaccination, and then you have the two adults uh, become sick of malaria, and then the mosquito definitely would bite you know, the adult who's carrying a malaria parasite and then transmit it to, to the, the child. So it's just important because even if we have the vaccine, but ensuring that we have each household having an insecticide-treated bed net and everybody sleeping under the bed net, that will help reduce contact between the most infected mosquito and the family. And then that will reduce the transmission within the household as well. You know, Winter, this reminds me so much of where we are in the COVID pandemic right now. You know, that we yeah. that we have vaccines and they're playing a really important role, but they have to be used in tandem with other tools, masks, social distancing. True. I think I'm understanding this conversation in a way that I wouldn't have, yeah. <laughs> you know, before sort of learning how to navigate the the COVID pandemic myself, like these things all have to be used in tandem. Yes, it has to be in tandem. Even with the COVID situation, as you say, it doesn't mean that because you're vaccinated, you shouldn't be wearing a mask mm-hmm. if there's need, if you cannot mm-hmm. maintain the you know physical distance. So it's a similar scenario, even for malaria. Just because we have a vaccine doesn't mean we have to neglect or ignore Um, the other prevention tools that have really helped a lot for years. We just have to find a way of ensuring there's more accessibility to these tools um, and more distribution of these tools um, in the malaria regions as needed. Winter, thank you so much. You've been so generous with sharing your own personal experiences and your knowledge. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This episode was produced by me, Britt Hansen, and edited by Sarah Saracen. Margaret Serino checked the facts. I'm Britt Hansen. Thanks for listening to Shortwave from NPR. <laughs>